Hi, this is Sandhya Mendonca and you're listening to my podcast Spotlight with Sandhya. Writers, scientists, artists, business leaders, politicians, you will find them and many other engaging people right here talking about what they do and how it impacts the world. The guest on today's episode is SG Vasudev. He is one of India's leading artists and a beloved and respected figure in the cultural fraternity. He is one of the founders of the Cholamandal Arts Village in Chennai and an enthusiastic enabler of many cultural ventures. He is proof that creativity is not defined by age or physicality. He is 82 years young and had three different exhibitions in three different cities. All this in just the first three months of this year. Vasu, I would like to know more about the themes of your recent exhibitions. But let's start with the theme that inspired you for a long time. The tree of life of Riksha. Would it be right to call it anthropomorphic? Yeah, you can call it that way. It was very, very accidentally I came to this tree of life. You know, I was painting fantasy series, landscape, fantasy and things like that. But then, you know, I brought tree to the middle in, the, in my landscape, fantasy landscapes. And when I had a show in Delhi, one of my friends came to the exhibition and he said, He asked me, is, is it, is it a tree of life? I had not heard about tree of life. It was 1974 or something like that. And then I went and bought myself a book on tree of life. Then I read the thing and how it inspired different craftsmen and artists of different religions. How tree of life has influenced these people in different religions. So then I studied uh, Indian philosophy about tree of life, Kalpa Vriksha and things like that. Then... One, one advantage I had was not only the philosophy of the tree of life was interesting, but it also helped me technically to solve a lot of problems. How like, is that? Like verticals, horizontal, squares, any size, you know, you could do it. And then you could, you could start from uh, symbolism to abstraction. I mean, you can call it Vriksha, tree of life or Vriksha, I call it. I, I denize the name to Vriksha. And... Uh, So that, that's how it was. And it so happened that uh, I came across this uh, Vriksha several years later through poems of Bindre, D.R. Bindre, one of our very well-known Kannada poet. When I met him in Darwar, where I had my show. And uh, in 1967, I think, 67, yes. And uh, then I came across one of the poems of his called Kalpa Vriksha Vrindavana. That inspired me to do a lot of drawings and paintings. And I was young, energetic, at the same time reacting to some of these things. Though he wrote that poem after his wife died, I didn't take it that way. I took it in a very different way. And so then, so, so it so happened that, you know, I was art director for Vamsha Vriksha, a film which Girish Karnat and uh, Vivi Karanth made. Again, Vriksha. So when I wanted to design the, the poster, huge poster, in Majestic Circle, Tempegoda Circle. Then I used the tree symbol. I used the characters here and there. So Karant said, Vasudev, you have painted a modern picture in the, in, the, in the surrounding. That's how it was, you know. It was a very interesting thing for me to do. So what exactly does the Vriksha, the tree of life, symbolize for you? For me, you know, it is sort of a, you know, we, we have this uh, theory that birth and death continues in Indian philosophy. And a tree comes out of the earth, it yields, it dies, again it starts sprouting. 
that's one thing the other thing is that it it also represents sort of a sexuality which was very interesting for me to go through and i was also very young at the time you know i was only in my 20s 20s early 20s so it was important for me to go through all these things and it helped me a lot to understand indianness in riksha and it also inspired your subsequent series maituna you know there is a lot of eroticism in it but somehow it seems to begin with riksha in fact um, it is a combination of riksha and maituna in many ways maituna actually came from my visit to kajraho and konara as a student of art and i found lot of erotic sculptures there and which i thought was very interesting for me to use and i used them both in riksha series as well as maituna series you know like i and, and i i don't title my works pinpointed it to one i do series of paintings and i call series maituna series riksha like that you know so it was very interesting that you know i have, did you face any kind of um, you know uh, objection because people these days seem to be so eager to take offense for anything and there's such a lot of eroticism i personally find it very beautiful and very lyrical in most ways did anybody at all in society take offense at this display of eroticism no nobody objected to it so nobody objected to it and uh, you know i just did for some my, my paintings were not like uh, showing the nudity you know but nakedness no it was completely a different kind of nudity like indianness indian indian sculptures you can't call them nudes you know you call them erotic but at the same time very beautifully done and i personally feel that artist art has to be beautiful this is my theory and the ugliness is not necessary to come into art at all i agree there's enough of that around us so we don't need to bring it in to art and you've done series such as humanscapes earthscapes uh, theater of life how did these themes in- come about these you know from from one series to another series it leads for me there is a line which goes through in all my series that is important for me for example earthscape i came to bangalore in 1988 and then i met quite a lot of people activists filmmakers activists well you know writers and uh, then i i i thought the earthscape you know this the tree what i was worshiping before as a tree of life was not just that it became a different thing altogether for me so you know how how people you know remove the trees and how they cut them to pieces and you know they cut themselves also so these sort of a series led me to earthscapes and uh, humanscape came to me when i was in 1992 i was in uh, i was invited to kolkata for an art camp and uh, when ayodhya took place you know about that ayodhya thing took place and so at that time i did a painting of uh, a man in agony so inspired by what happened at the ram janmabhoomi no, Janm- the breaking down of the yeah, babri masjid yeah, so that that made me continuously do landscapes and theater of life it is very funny because i i have a small farm just outside bangalore my father was an agriculturist and so he gave me a piece of land and i built a small cottage there when i was painting there i used to see by 2 o'clock in the afternoon villagers were all sitting in front of the tvs they were more more bothered about watching the tv entertainment than doing their work so i i put number of heads and then 
idiot box in front of them in my own way and painted them. Then I never got that idea of theater of life at that time in the title. So then coming back to Bangalore to city, I was meeting my present wife Amujos. She is a journalist and a writer, activist, and uh, she coined the title theater of life. Why don't you call it theater of life series? One thing is because I was involved in theater, cinema, literature. I connected myself very easily with theater of life. Lot of stories which I had read or I had designed the sets came back to me, and so theater of life series went on. I found a number of things like you know masks. People wear masks, and really speaking, people do wear masks in real life. In real life, it's very very difficult to know a person unless you peel these layers of mask. You know, that's what I felt. It is not just the actors wearing mask, but even us we are. So we we all you know we 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 at one point of time I thought when I was making fun of the people sitting in front of TV, I was thinking of myself later. I'm also part of it, you know. True. And you see the news readers, whether it's BBC or CNN or anything, EDTV, they are all same expression. What they say saying is different, maybe different, but it's all same expression. Right. So that's how it's all it all came. Theatre. Let's talk about your current series, three in a row. Uh, what can you tell me? The themes of these. See, the thing is that in Delhi, uh, all all of them were curated exhibitions. And Delhi was curated by one art historian, Emil Johnny, and he said that there is a new gallery coming up in Gurgaon. I want you to show there. So I said you can come and select my works. That's how he came to my farm studio and selected the works. That's one exhibition. The other exhibition was in Kolkata, Kolkata Culture for Culture for Creativity. That again was a curated exhibition by Nandini Malaviya, art historian from Bangalore, and she said that we should have just your drawings, what you have done over twenty years, and then your tapestries, what you have done twenty selected tapestries. So I had this show in in Chennai, my show of collages, which I only curated myself, and. Uh, So there are about thirty works exhibited in collages. I thought, you know, Chennai I feel is part of me. You know, it's because uh, I studied there and I created my own space in Chennai. So I always feel that though Bangalore is my birthplace, Chennai is the place where I where I really nurtured, you know, my being and becoming an artist and you know, some importance is there in my life. Chennai. You went. You were born in Mysore. And and then how did you end up in Chennai? See, I was born to uh, born in Mysore because uh, my mother is from Mysore. My mother's father is he was peshkar of the temple Chamundi Hills for forty years, and so every summer vacation, every 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 holidays, he used to go to Mysore from Bangalore. So that was one of our outings. And my father is from Bangalore, and uh, and I had a lot of connection with Mysore because. Not only my my mother's father was peshkar of temple Chamundi Chamundi Shri Temple in Chamundi Hills, but my mother's grandfather was an Ayurvedic doctor. At the same time, he was a painter and a sculptor. And uh, of course, traditionally, he would cut uh, the the cardboard shapes and then cre- recreate the entire Mysore Dasara exhibition, Mysore Dasara procession, and things like that. So my mother. 
I believe used to be volunteer at that time. So she brought this element of uh, you know creativity into into the in her in her own way. When we had dasara time, you know, she used to create every dasara time. We used to have palace and all these sort of things painted. And you know, my mother used to do that. And so it 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 was very helpful for me to know that. But whatever it was, it was very difficult for me to convince my parents that I want to take to art as a profession. As a profession. And my father said, "You can, you can be of help to me." He was an agriculturist, and he had two land, two pieces of agriculture land, and uh, two estates. And uh, so he thought I would be of help to him. In fact, I was asked to. I was taken by him to agricultural college where he studied in Bangalore, a hebar. And uh, there, of course, my marks was not up to the mark. So the principal said, "It's impossible, sir. Your son cannot get into the college." <laughs> and so somebody told my parents that let him do B.Sc. Physics, Chemistry, Mathematics, which I hated. But anyway, one had to have tuition for all the subjects. I had to go through. But meanwhile, I took to cartooning, caricatures and cartoons. David Low and R.K. Lakshman inspired me. And uh, one of my cartoons was the caricature of David Low. David, uh, no, not David. What's his name? Uh, Um, Laurel Hardy, Laurel okay, Hardy. Laurel Hardy. So Hardy passed away in 1955-56 or something like that. So I did that caricature of his and sent it to Tainado, one of the Kannada newspapers at that time, leading Kannada paper, and that published on a Sunday. It got published. Then I went and met the editor. Editor was Rumale uh, Chandrabasavaya. At that time, he was a painter, very well-known painter. Now, at that time, he was editing the. Uh, the paper and he said continue madi yenen martira madi we will publish it whenever it's necessary so i went on doing some concreteers and whoever whom i like and uh, then i kicked to political cartoons but it was nine it was the uh, 60s early 60s that i came across one art historian called jeevangatachalam he was one of the uh, first generation art, art historian he had used to come to bangalore from delhi He was a fist, and um, so he saw some of my works and said, "You must join an art school, sir." Then how could how could I, you know, convince my parents about it? He said, "I will talk to them," and he could convince my parents somehow. And my parents said, "Okay, Chennai is very very close by. It's very not necessary, not not too far." And my cousin was staying staying there, so I could go and stay with him. And that's how I joined Chennai College of School of Arts and Craft. In 1960, I was about 18, 19 at that time, and uh, for me it was like heaven, you know. Hmm, I'm getting sure. Getting away, getting away from this sort of a subject which I didn't like. So, did you complete the? Uh, I did. Course? I did. In okay. fact, I didn't complete my B.Sc. But I finally took the exam, but complete didn't complete. But anyway, so Chennai School of Arts and Crafts is very important. When I say crafts, it's very important because Panikkar, who was principal at that time in the school. Of course, when he read the letter of Jyotishchandra, he said, "I don't go by letters. I want you to do the exam." And uh, the exam was like, you know, one one could do a drawing from photograph, but to see a model and draw, it's not so easy. So I had to do all those sort of things, and I somehow I got got through with distinction, and then he admitted me to the school. But then, you know, craft is something which is which is which was going on in the school. Craft section. We had batik, ceramics, enameling, woodwork, 
carpentry, all these sort of things. Lovely teachers to teach all these things. And Principal Panikkar had allowed us to walk into any section one wanted. And so one worked in ceramic and all these sort of things, even at the time, College of Art. So that was a very important thing for me in my life. And we considered, you know, in Chennai particularly, craft is very little, very thin line divides between craft and art. Do you consider people who built Mahabalipuram, Kajuraho, craftsmen or artists? Very difficult, very, very difficult. So it is with that intention one worked one's work. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it took a step in that direction. And it also helped, you know, Panikar to realize at one point of time, in fact, he called some of us and uh, asked us in 1962 or 63, somewhere, sometime around that, what will you do after finishing the course college? We all said, take up jobs, sir. Said, no, that's the least thing I think an artist should do, taking up jobs. It'll take away his time. So best is you experiment something, extend your art to craft and see whether there is any possibility. So one of the crafts was very close to us, which was batik, like, like painting, you know. So some of us learned batik in the School of Arts and did batik. And we had an exhibition in 1960-64 and it was a sellout, almost sellout. We had dansaris, dress materials, wall hangings and all those sort of things, about 25-30 of us. That gave us the idea that we should have a place of our own. Not place of our own to work, but place to live also around that. A so, community. Community. And uh, then we pooled whatever resources we had, bought 10 acres of land outside Chennai. It was cheaper at that time on the way to Mahabalipuram on the sea coast. And we called it Cholamandal Artist Village. And it was completely not, not for art's sake we started this village for a living. Many people mistake Cholamandal as a school of art. It is not. It is only for making a little bit of money we created this village. So it's for working artists who use the space for their livelihood yeah. and habitation. Yeah. How so, did the name come from? Name came from, you know, Cholas were the people who ruled that part of earth. Right. Part of earth. And they were great connoisseurs of art. And so we thought we should have name like Chola Mandal. Instead of Mart, Chola Mandal is earth. Chola or the dynasty. So called it Chola Mandal. Instead of calling any political names, you know, which we didn't want to enter, became very interesting for us too. And so, till now, we have not touched any government money. We have not applied for grants from the government, nothing. Because we wanted to, everything has to develop from scratch. And we did everything from scratch. How many artists? Initially, initially there were about uh, 25 artists who moved with us, all of us moved into the village. and. Uh, then it reduced a little bit, an increased reduction, everything was happening now and then. And uh, every artist who, who works there has a piece of land. He has bought the piece of land for himself. So there is a studio he builds and whatever way, each one, they, the way they want to do it, they, they can do it. Which I'm, I oppose myself. I, was, uh, I, I said that uh, we should never have ownership of the land, but we should have... Uh, Sort of uh, in a contract uh, for about 25 years, an extendable sort of a thing, you know. But many people didn't agree with me, and so we had to sell the land to individual artists. For 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 which I think today one feels re one regrets because quite a few some of them have sold their land 
to some business people outsiders they have come and built their houses also oh, so that's not, a tragedy it's not it's it's it not tragedy but you know one thing is uh, i remember panikar talking to a journalist in 1967 i think and the journalist asked him i was there in his in his, in his house and the journalist asked him so do you think sir all the 25 artists from you to who you have got here are all going to make something great in their life he said no out of which six artists if they can do something is a great thing so more than six have achieved that one two how long the artist village would last last monica said one generation it's an experiment can never say about next generation this generation i can believe i can trust them but next generation i do not know whether they are going to be artists or not artists i do not know the children so both have achieved so it has it has gone on and art as an artist village but in a very different way it's not the same thing like what it was in 60s and 70s and even 80s it has changed a lot now the scene has changed and uh, naturally it is uh, you know the, the new generation they have got their own ideas and they want to do something but on the whole it is maintained by the artist community completely run by the artist community of art okay, i think that's quite a testament to the vision of all of you who were the co-founders yeah along with panikar yeah. and he seems to have been quite a pragmatic person because he had no expectations or emotional attachment saying it has to last forever it he rightfully said it was an experiment yeah. and the experiment has survived thanks to the people like you and other artists who kept it going i suppose yeah, yeah. so it also um brings me to this um you know next uh, point that i want to discuss from arts to crafts to different forms of arts you've been part of um, many artistic ventures right you've been um, in films doing sets you've been part of theater you've designed book covers you worked with uh, luminaries like bb karant girish karnad ak ramanujam and many others so why do you think it's important to have this kind of a cross pollination this is i was always interested in uh, literature particularly poetry and uh, kannada was my second language while i was studying in bangalore and uh, i was reacting to poetry of various art various writers but it so happened accidentally i met uh, girish karnad in 1963 i think he came to chennai from oxford oxford university press he became then assistant manager or something like that then so it so happened that uh, through him i came to a lot of kannada literature he exposed me to the best of kannada literature and of course english literature also but kannada literature particularly he was uh, influenced by kirtinath kurtukoti art kannada literary critic and publisher like uh, gb joshi and people like that so he he had he had seen he had shown me he showed me the books which they had brought out or nadagabandhari for which i did the cover design because jb joshi asked me to do the cover design for the book and uh, it was written by kirtinath kurtkoti on all the subjects theater cinema art poetry everything and uh, he recreated the entire new generation literature which was not the case earlier earlier we were thinking of somebody like ana krishna rao or tara subrao great writers i'm consider them also as great writers but then he 
demolished all those sort of things. He created completely different sort of, uh, you know, new new wave writers like Anantamurthy, Karnad, and people like that, A.K. Ramanujan. And through Girish, I met quite a few people, like Ramanujan for that matter. I met him. And uh, he asked me to do a cover design for his first Kannada collection of Kannada collection of poems, which I did. And I did continuously afterwards about three or four cover designs for his books. And uh, then he introduced me to Bivi Karant. So Karant asked me to do designs for theatre, which I did. I felt that as an artist, you can handle anything. And it's, imp- it's very important for uh, one to react to things you know, around you. And I, f- I feel that you know, I am part of all these things, you know, whether it's literature, whether it's poetry, whether it's uh, drama, theatre, whatever it is. And then it so happened in uh, Anantamurthy had written a novel called Samskara, which uh, manuscript Girish got. He read that manuscript and gave it to me. I read it and I told Girish that it's a fantastic thing to make a film. He said, exactly, I also felt the same thing and hopefully we will make somebody someday. So we, we really worked towards that and then we got Pattabhi Reddy, who was part of the Madras Bears group in Chennai, to direct and produce the film. We worked with him and I did our direction for the film and I went and saw, saw the location, selected the location and uh, chose some of the actors, everything. You know, it's a sort of a, I felt that my aim was to make a film like Sajayitri in Kannada. That was, you know, the aim. Whether it, we touched that aim, it's a different matter, but then we did that thing. You know? but the story itself was a very strong story, Anathamurthy's short novel. So anyway, I was told. I was told by Tatyatri's art director. I believe he he told Girish that uh, he who is he asked him who is art director for this film. So Girish told me that you know that means you know you are recognized as art director by those people. You know? So I was very happy to do it. But one thing is you know for me as an artist in painting, I was going towards abstraction. But when it comes to film, I had to go for realism. That was a very important thing, you know. But it, uh, nevertheless, I think that realism has helped me, helped me a lot to, to understand what the thing is. And then, of course, uh, after that film was over, second film was Vamsavraksha, which Karan taunted uh, Girish, to, Girish and me to join him. We did the film and after that, I told Girish that it's enough for me and I don't want to get involved in filmmaking. Why is that? That was my next question anyway. So why did you decide you had had because, enough of Because I tell you what, whatever you do, film is a director's medium. You may do everything as a director, part of the film, but the director's medium. Finally, director gets the name. And I did not want to waste my time doing all these things and not giving up almost my painting. See, one film means one year gone. We can't do any painting at that time. So I wanted to carry on with my painting. That's very important for me. And so I, so I told Girish, Girish asked me several times to do the art direction for several films. I said no. I, I told him that I will do anything you want outside, like title cards or publicity material. I will do everything, but not as art director. For not be part of the crew and go around no. living it's a, with... Right? It's a different part, you know, game altogether. I'm sure. You feel you feel outside. No, you don't feel that sort of thing. Once you are inside, you know what exactly how. Yeah, it, works. it takes over your whole life. Not only life; it's a 
it's a sort of a you know you have to work with different kinds of people who have no understanding whatsoever about other things you know they, they anyway it's okay it's an experience also absolutely and i think it like you said it formed a lot of uh, it gave you a lot of inspiration and it formed you into a can i say a better artist because you could draw inspiration from all the sufferings also that you faced apart from the <laughs> yeah. creativity that you enjoyed so i you know um though you say you didn't like working with different sides of people i know you do love working with different artists in fact you're a person who has nurtured and fostered the artistic community you were responsible for um, bringing ngma to bangalore you're one of the prime movers i could say the national gallery of modern art in bangalore and uh, you have two other creations one is ananya drishya and one is art park so tell me about ananya drishya and how it came about i was always interested in uh, doing something because you know you are part of society and you have to give back to society something which uh, i was inspired by two personalities in my life one is kk hebar another art great artist and panikar kcs panikar without them i don't think development would have come about without panikar or hebar who created a fantastic movement in karnataka art scene basically instituting scholarship introducing scholarship to send students to baroda shantaniketan and places like that so they did whatever they could and i felt the need to continue whatever these people have done in a way i felt that uh, art park was a sheer accident both of them art park as well as aranya uh, drishya when i was invited for to address uh, a large gathering of uh, teachers and uh, principals of various schools of bangalore and many of them they said we don't have art in our school then i i asked one or two of my artist friends and said shall we start something which can you know we can we can identify some schools and teach them there or we can also do a sort of a every month you know invite one artist and make a presentation and you know some sort of a thing you know which can art education and things like that so they agreed and we wanted funds for that and uh, i was part of ananya ananya is a cultural body which is already existing in bangalore which was existing in bangalore at that time uh, it, for for literature for uh, music and dance so i asked the secretary that ananya where we could bring in visual art he said yes sir provided you get funds for it so i requested some business friends of mine business people and uh, one of them agreed to acquire all the work you know what we did was first of all we are uh, requested 70 bangalore artists to do two paintings each each one 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 square foot painting and we we send them the canvases and they send the paintings and these paintings were exhibited at vengata art gallery and the on kasturba road and then i knew that all of them would not sell so i requested one of my friend why don't you buy everything for a flat rate something he said how can i buy like that yaar yeah, i mean it's so, so expensive that you can pay in installment so that's how so that went to create the corpus corpus and then you know we have been create we have been doing it with that corpus because we are carrying on with our work how many years has it been it has been almost about 9 to 10 years now and you must have presented several artists yeah, you've yeah. been doing it yeah, more than 100 artists fantastic and uh, art park is another thing which i felt the need 
because it, many people don't go to art galleries. We don't have that thing in, in India, you know, somehow. If we go to the West, the moment you go to the West, first thing we go to the art gallery. But in India, we don't go to art gallery. And then there is always an inhibition talking to an artist, you know, there is a fear. So we thought we should solve both the things. So that's how the art park came out. So we, we all, about 25, 30 artists, we meet once a month on the first Sunday of every month. And uh, between 11 and 5, we're there at a park. And the sculpture, right now it's sculpture garden next to Ravindra Kalakshetra. Culture department has given us that space. And so we, we just do drawings, paintings, things like that there. And bring from the studios, their own studios, you know, some of the works. And uh, we have also done, we have also, uh, uh, we've also told the artists that we can give you five drawing sheets, acid-free drawing sheets. You can do drawings, but you should not sell for more than 1000 So to keep it affordable to the... Affordable to normal people. Whether I sell for my, my work at, like in a gallery for 30,000, 40,000 rupees, that's a different matter. But when I'm selected there as an artist, participation of mine will be with 1000 rupees a drawing. So that's how it is done. And uh, so it has been going on like that. We provide them lunch, breakfast, I mean, sorry, lunch, coffee, tea, everything, and provide tables, chairs, and uh, which costs us about 40,000, 45,000 rupees a program. And so far, part of the money was coming from the government, part of the money was coming from the some of the interest industrialists and some people like that. Scary or carries on like that. The other thing which I was interested, I was interested in education in art. You know, University of Bangalore didn't have an art department. So I went and met the vice chancellor. I, he was a registrar before that. Then he said it's not possible. So when he became vice chancellor again, I went and met, met him, and he said, "Let me try." Nearly two years he took. Convince us, say, you know, syndicate members. Then when they agreed, he said, "Asudev, now it's your baby." You find a, you now run it. I said, I'm only an artist. I'm not an academic person. We have to find somebody. So we found uh, Jay Kumar, who became the director of uh, visual art department. And uh, it was a beautiful building has come about now. And uh, students of visual art department have achieved great success in their life. They got awards and things like that, national awarded. So that's one thing which is, and then at, at the, you must know that the fee structure of university is much, much less compared to the private institutions. So many people can afford that, you know. They, they can pay 5,000 rupees a year, whereas the private institution, they have to pay 25,000, 30,000 rupees a year. So it definitely is very affordable for aspiring artists from any Absolutely. part of India. Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. You've been fostering artists, you've been mentoring people i'm one of the people who's benefited from your advice and you you are very energetic and you know you infuse us with your passion but i also know that you faced a great personal loss and you had to overcome it to continue with your art and it was something a bond that we both share because our life partner was also a person who shared the same interest in our profession so tell me how you overcame the loss of Arnavas, your first wife, an artist. I, I, she was two years junior to me in the college. She became a good friend and a good critic and a good wife. So 
we started living in Cholamandal. We married in 1970-71 and then... You were from different communities. Community Did that cause a problem? A Parsi and I am from Bangalore, Karnataka, Kannada-speaking Brahmin. It was very difficult for me to convince my parents. Of course, once we got married, they liked her very much. That's a different matter. But anyway, that was uh, she was a lovely person and uh, accepting that, uh, you know, that we, we had to put off having our child for a very long time. We had our first child in 1981, 10 years later after our marriage. Because I didn't want to come in her way of her travels and things like that. She was, as an artist, she had to do her own things. And uh, 1983-84, she became to the chat can cancer. And she died in 1988. Of course, in spite of all the you know, medication and things like that, she couldn't survive. And she gave me enough time to think of what is cancer and uh, how to adjust myself in the present situation. Of course, when I, I lost one, not only my wife, I lost a critic. She was the first critic for me. Whenever I did some work, the first thing is that she would either criticize or appreciate it. And that's one thing which I missed very much. I moved to Bangalore in 1988 because my son was studying in the Valley School, in, in the school, Krishnamurti Foundation. And so he joined the Valley School in Bangalore. And so my parents, my sisters, they were all in Bangalore. And so I could easily have a home for him easily. And uh, then after, she, after we lost her, I thought, you know, that I should do something for uh, cancer. You know, some institution, foundation for cancer. So some of my friends said, no, 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 don't do anything for cancer because a lot of people are giving money for cancer thing. So why don't you institute some scholarship scheme for art students? I said, okay. So that's how we started Arnavas Vasudev Charities. And I requested Girish Karna to be one of the trustees and Shanta Guhan, another trustee from Chennai. And so we three of us, we managed the trust. And uh, whatever was sold from my painting, I would give part of it to the trust. That's how we started working on the trust. Until now, more than 200 artists have benefited from the trust. We have been giving scholarships and financial assistance to young artists from various schools, colleges, and uh, recommended from the principals of these institutions, whether it is Shantaniketan, Baroda, or anywhere, you know, for that matter. And some of them have become big names now already in the country. And their works are, are sold for at least 10 times more than my paintings sell. Do you, would you like to name them? Like uh, N.S. Harsha, for that matter. Harsha is an internationally known painter. And, and he uh, was one of the beneficiaries of the, the beneficiaries. He was in He was in Kawa, Mysore, College of uh, Art. He was studying there. And I spotted him at that time. And I felt that he was a very good uh, artist. And he went to Baroda to study under Gulam Sheikh. And I encouraged him there. Then he continued that thing. And Gulam Sheikh recommended extra extended scholarship year also for him. Like that, you know. So there are there are people like Ravi Kumar Kashi, Shantamani. All these people have all got scholarships. So I am very happy that some of them, they, they do remember it very well. Some of them, of course, they have forgotten. What about them? That's God. human nature. Human nature. And uh, people who remember, they do are telling me something which is very interesting. They are saying that, Sir, you know, we, we got what we wanted at that time, but now we can afford to give something back. So do you think, do you think we can have an exhibition of selected works and anything sold can go to the trust, something like that. 
So we have been we have been planning uh, that one. I am talking to some other curators about it, and so sometime in the next one or two years it will happen. And once it happens, you can we can we can create uh, better funds, you know, and uh, give more more money to the artists. Besides this, you know, in my own house in Chennai, uh, I built uh, a, a studio over my bedroom, which is called Studio Arnavas, which is uh, open for uh, artists, writers to come and work for about three months or so at a time. In a stretch and uh, paying some whatever nominate, so all everything is found in that place, so they can donate some money to the charities, which is helpful to the community, artist community. So that then every year uh, we invite about half a dozen to eight artists to come to Cholamandal and do workshop there for about a week or ten days, so that there can be sort of exchange of ideas from the artists there and artists elsewhere. So it's like that going on, and uh, the last three years we have also started residency program for a senior artist, and we have got people like Chandra Bhattacharya, Veer Munshi, Jay Kumar, and we are about to continue that because of COVID we stopped for two years, and now we have to continue that. So these these people come to, as a residency program for about ten to fifteen days. They stay there, they paint, and uh, I am supported by one industrialist. Fortunately. Who has come forward in in Chennai? Who is a big collector of art, and uh, so uh, thanks to him, you know, I'll be able to sort of do all these sort of activities also. Thank you, Vasu, for joining this podcast and sharing your abundant energy and inspiration. To our listeners, if you'd like to know more about Vasu's work on collages, I'm posting a link to my blog in the bio of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Spotlight with Sandhya as much as I did. Do subscribe to the podcast. I would love to hear from you. Until I'm back with another interesting guest, take care and bye-bye.